Hey, hi, hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast, episode 217. Today I interview Sp- Spine Stealer, aka Johnny Weiss, aka Spooky Jack. Actually, I already did the interview a week ago and I was supposed to put it on next uh, last week, but my tax guy called me and said, hey, your ta- your business taxes are due. Your extension runs out next week. And so I had to spend all Labor Day weekend doing my taxes, and it was awful. But thank God that's over. So anyway, great, great episode, great interview. And um, yeah, so that's coming right up. Let's see what's going on in my life. Uh, I'm finishing up painting for the chaos show. Finally, I've giving myself to the weekend. I'm hoping to finish everything by the weekend and that'll be 14 or 15 paintings because I have to do the frame corner. That's going to take a few days to sculpt a few days to mold a few days to cast. And then I got to get everything framed, photographed, add the corners on blah, blah, blah. And the show opens October 9th. So. I'm almost done. I'm going to take a little time off, hopefully. I always say that, but I never do. I'm exhausted. Uh, But paintings are looking great and uh, happy to be done with them almost. And uh, that's that. That's all I've been working on, really. It's been um, kind of day and night. Nights have gotten later and later, as, as, as always happens when I paint for a show. And, uh, so I'm kind of wiped out. Anyway, um, that's about it. Book is still being printed. I haven't heard anything. This dystopia book, I haven't heard anything from the printer yet. Should be getting approved one of these days soon. So that's pretty cool. Comes out November 13th or gets delivered to me November 13th. Once I get a proof and everything looks good, I might put them on for pre-sale and uh, I could start shipping them out as soon as I get them for all the people that already bought one anyway uh, that's it I guess let's see oh I really didn't prepare again once again you can hear check out baby girl scre- uh, uh, <laughs> screaming snoring oh she heard her name so she stopped um so I got to read new subscribers to the Dark Art Society podcast Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Society, And you could join for as little as $1 a month. Oh, I know what's going on. One thing I need to talk about is the first official Dark Art Society members group show is happening at skull and snake tattoo it's called dawn of the dark art society and um um uh uh, man hands dan kelly is hosting it at his tattoo shop and art gallery in north berwick maine and that is a a show of all the members of the Dark Art Society, the artists who 
wanted to be in the show not every member but um yeah so that's really cool and that is happening october 22nd from 5 to 10 p.m at skull and snake studio tattoo studio art gallery um anyway that's happening that's exciting got tons of artists in it okay so where am i what am i doing trying to find out new subscribers sorry i'm i'm particularly lost today particularly out of it and unprepared i'm i'm near the end of my you know painting for the show and it's just crazy okay we left off with matt tillett okay new subscribers come on come on patreon Okay, I'm going to read off the new subscribers. Uh, where's Matt Tillett? He was the last one. Oh, wait. Hmm. Well, if, if I don't mention your name, send me a message or something, and, and I'll read it next time. But it only goes down to September 1st here. Okay, let's see. Okay. Gibberosis. Thank you. Dario Splendido. Thank you for joining. Melissa Sue Stanley. Thank you. Zach Dunn. Thank you. Zach is in the show. Zach's a really good painter. Cindy Wozniak. Thank you for joining. Witch Dr. Vega. Thank you for joining. Ashley. And Frank Heiler. Wow, that's a lot. I appreciate that. That's how that's how the podcast is, is happening. It's from your donations. And you get into the become part of the community, which is the best part, other than the, you know, other than supporting the podcast, you get into this community that is full of just amazing people um okay sorry i'm just out of it you can tell i'm out of sorts today i'm not down i'm just tired um let's get on with the interview though i'm not like a vegetable during the interview i did it a week ago before i had that terrible weekend doing my taxes and before i was staying up all night finishing paintings um, yeah. Oh, now you, now you can hear her snoring. Yeah, hear that? Anyway, not that, not that it matters. All right, let's get on with it. No one wants to hear what I have to say anyway. Here is my interview with Spine Stealer. A.K.A. Johnny Weiss, A.K.A. Spooky Jack. Oh, Spooky Jack. Spooky Jack is amazing. We talk a lot about Spooky Jack. All right, here we go. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks. What's up, Johnny? Hi. 
How's it going? <laughs> Good. See, there was like a bit of a delay there. So it's like, oh, you're wearing my shirt. How cool. <laughs> I just realized yeah. that. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I came in, I was in my grubby studio clothes. I was like, what do I put on? Oh, of course I put on the Chet shirt. <laughs> that, is, um, that is a super yeah. rare shirt. That's probably the oldest, yeah. maybe the oldest shirt I've done. I didn't even do it. That was is from that, Sketch Theater. Yeah. Okay, so Mike, is there a delay? Like, I'm going to say, I'm going to say hi. And then as soon as you hear me say hi, raise your finger. Okay. Because okay? I want to see if there's a delay. Okay. Hi. I didn't see. Did you raise your finger? Yeah. It was probably super fast. I like missed, it probably, maybe it you froze. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say hi. Lag, yeah. I'm going to say hi, and then as soon as you hear it, you say hi back. Okay. Hi. Hi. Okay, so we're on maybe – maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a one-second delay maybe. That's fine. Okay, so thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we – you know, we were just talking. We never get to talk. I see you all the time yeah. at the shows and Chris Velasco's art parties and all that. And, and you know, we're in shows together and stuff. And there's always big groups yeah. of people and you never get to talk. So this is my opportunity to get to finally talk to you and learn about you and get to know you. So welcome to the show. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into Spooky Jack later. <laughs> that's what instigated this whole thing because i was like okay because i kept thinking about having you on the podcast and then i saw it, I was like okay i'm not gonna wait any longer it's just too good it's, My just, favorite too, song. it's yeah. just too amazing um yeah and you're doing all kinds of cool all that bone stuff it's just like because uh, i'm i'm uh, i'm subscribed to your patreon and it's like you know the first i mean i, I know i've seen you around and never, you know, we all kind of like know each other just by saying hi and stuff. But, um, uh, and it's like, have you been in conjoined shows before? Yeah. Okay. Cause um, I can't even remember who's been in cause there's so many artists at every show. Yeah. Uh, the first year I was invited, it was very last minute. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it was like. Hey, can you have a piece done in two weeks? And I was like, Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> can I have a piece done for this major gallery that I've never been in? Um, and so I just use up all the vacation hours. I oh no, <laughs> weeks, and it was amazing. Um, I I always take working vacations, anyways. I usually take them to do art shows mm -hmm. um and everything just came together somehow like every art supply store had exactly what i needed uh, wood plaques matched frames i found really interesting things i found a box of leftover obituaries that i needed <laughs> uh just every tool I, I found every tool i needed at lowe's like it, it was just a magic week and i felt so great that whole week oh how cool yeah, that's a magic show. I'm telling you, there's something about that show. I don't know what it is. It's like it always comes together. It always ends up being like this huge last minute thing. Everyone's rushing around to put together and it's huge. So it's really hard to manage. And then it always ends up being like this amazing show that looks like 
all this care and time was taking to set it up, you know, but it was like a mad rush. There's some energy to it. It's a trip. Um, That's how I thought about, I, I don't know if it was conjoined or a different show, but one of those big shows is how I found out about Mark Waldman, who I'm in love with. I love his work. Mark Waldman. Um, he does the kind of like vintage circus. Oh, um, okay. Boxes, you know, and, and they're morbid and they're grotesque yeah. and I just love them. It's he's the artist I wish I was. Uh, <laughs> and I also saw a piece by Shane that was really. I only met Shane this year. I was like, oh my god, for that? But it was like that creepy candy machine. It was huge. Oh, that thing was amazing. It was really impressive. Yeah, that's like my favorite piece of yeah. his ever. It's so good. Yeah. So. That's, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, he was, he, today at the studio he's actually he's now an officially uh he's officially a fiberglass mold maker assistant today <laughs> oh really That's... yeah i had him come in and help me so that i could get done on time to see you oh how cool um and he 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 liked it which was nice because i you know not everyone likes warehouse grimy Right. I love it, but it's right. not for everyone. Well, then, and then fiberglass on top of that, it's like, is the is the stinkiest, <laughs> most toxic smelling. It's like the one thing in makeup yeah. effects that everybody hates. It's like, oh, now I got to do fiberglass today. I mean, there's a, it's, yeah. there's something, you know, aside from the smell and the fact that you can not mix enough catalyst in with the resin and it can never cure, which I've had happen to me before. Although people, I mean, are you using the uh, UV cure where you set it in the sun or under a UV light and it cures? Well, that stuff is the best. It's amazing. No, we, we do some of that for like eyes, but um, we actually use the woven like fabric fiberglass. Right. So it's not so bad. Yeah. Except oh. like, when you saw it uh, and oh, like yeah. before you like off it like before you sandblast it it's it just cuts you up it's yeah it's awful. little it's like glass little fine glass shards but the, but the, 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 the dust yeah kind of the worst because your skin for like weeks it's oh. itching powder it's this it's like <laughs> you know i used to buy it, it itching powder as a kid because i would always get those prank things and that's what it is it's ground fiberglass because it makes you itch yeah uh, yeah, but that it's like Emmy, isn't it? Emmy K is the chemical. You have to mix like a certain amount of drops in with the resin when you. Ooh, I don't know. We use like a epoxicote. Oh, okay. Um, so you're using a different kind of resin. Yeah. And then we use epoxamite. So we use those two. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the nasty part. That's the nastiest part of, uh, fiberglass is the, is the resin. That shit is toxic mm -hmm. as hell. That MEK, -E I remember. Was, I think it was called MEK, and it was like super nasty. It stinks the whole shop up. But epoxy's not bad, right, for the smell? It's okay, but like Shane wore like a full hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I saw, he was like, what do I wear? I was like, well, you know, like wear like pajamas or clothes you don't mind getting destroyed and wear crappy shoes. Right. And he came in like hey why are your clothes so nice and he's like oh don't worry and he like pulls out like <laughs> a plastic suit and he fully got zipped up 
<laughs> and our house is always like 100 degrees. I was like, dude, you're going to die in there. But he was fine. He did okay. And we both wore masks. Um, so it was fine. But it's, it's always very sweaty in there. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he can't, he can't. He can't bear to dress like a slob, like me, the way I dress every day. He just can't do it. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just like a pajamas every day. Like also pajamas that are covered in resin. Yeah. And just whatever chemicals fall in. And I just, I don't care. Like you can't care at some. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's it's especially the the foam latex department would always be like at every shop I worked oh, at. They just would have like rubber pants. You know, it's like yeah. they always wear the same same clothes when they're running the foam, and it just ends up being like a layer of foam latex all over the clothes. <laughs> it looks just horrible. It's pretty funny. Uh, and paint yeah. and paint the paint department too. Painters always have paint all over their clothes. You know, I've been there many times. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, you're kind of like this. You're like, you know, I don't know how to describe your other than you being a proud dark artist, which I love that you don't shy away from it. And you're just you're like all in on dark art. You're all in on dark Very art, right. which I love. And um, but you're like, as far as as far as the me like the media you use, you're kind of you, you, you do all kinds of different things. It's like you're really don't have one thing that you do. You're very uh, you just seem like. You're extremely a creative person, and then you use whatever you're into at the moment. Like you do assemblage stuff, and then you do sculpting, and then you do drawing, and you do painting, and like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's detrimental financially, yeah. um, <laughs> but like I, most years aren't profitable um, because any money I make off of art, I use to like, oh, I, I now I can buy this supply. Yeah. Or I can try wood. Oh, now I can like get the saw I want, or I can get a new art table. Um, so I'm always just reinvesting the money. I don't make money off of art. And I think a lot of people find that strange. They're like, why do you sell art if you don't make money off of it? I was like, because I get to make more art. Right. Like every, every sell means I get to make something more complex, something with better supplies. And I mean, I started off selling art like, literally like you know one dollar pack of polymer clay i would get free twisty ties from like the grocery store peel them off so i'd have the wire make that you know that plus tape make like a inner structure for a body so like for me to go from crappy like crude polymer dolls made out of grocery ties <laughs> to like now i have like multiple saws and i you know have a scullery and i have you know to work my way up, it was totally worth the sacrifice of watching beloved pieces leave, knowing that they're gone forever, and I'm also not gaining much from it, like, personally. Right. But I, I will get to evolve from this point. Yeah. So that, that was a – it was a nice, like, consolation. Like, it's <laughs> it's always heartbreaking when you go of a piece, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I always I, I don't you know I I I don't know if it's because I made the decision early on or what, but I always saw the a, a sale meant I could just keep going, I could do it again, and that's all I care about is being able to keep painting. Yeah. You know, it's like 
I try and make more and more money. I try and do as well as I can as a business so that I can, it's, it's all, um, geared towards creating a place where I can paint with less stress, money stress, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't and you're, you're like your body of work is insane. Yeah. It's well, it's like all I do. So <laughs> it's like, I, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, it's part partially a function of, of having to create, having to make, you know, enough money. And I, I got a house, you know, so I got to pay a mortgage mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's like, I got to bring in a certain amount of money. So it's forced me to, to do a, a lot of work, but I love doing it anyway. It's like, I, I would be doing it anyway. Even if I was independently wealthy, I'd probably still be doing maybe at more of a relaxed pace now that I think about it, but <laughs> I'd still be creating. <laughs> None of those crazy deadlines that stress us all out. Yeah, yeah. Like all these all-nighters I'm about to start putting in. But, um, yeah, so you're also, like, kind of tied into the makeup effects world, too. Your shop your <laughs> shop is kind of makeup effects-y. It's like you're doing silicone molds and casting and urethane and making fiberglass molds. I do have access to pretty much any anything I would want to work with. I don't I don't do uh, makeup effects, um, but I take various lessons. Like I, I took a silicone painting class. I recently took a tooth making class because um, I, I just love learning. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, my my teammate Robert is more the makeup effects guy. He worked at K and B, yeah. and he's he's the one who apprenticed me to learn prop making. Um, cause he, he was working for the scary closet and, um, he was pretty overwhelmed with his workload at the time. Uh, KNB was like, I think they were working on creep show at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, like I just don't have time to paint something, but, um, we, we were in a relationship at the time. So he was like, Oh, my girlfriend is a painter. She's been painting for 16 years. Like you should just have her audition. So he like, he gave me a head <laughs> and I just like, took it home and he gave me like the worst reference that I've ever seen in my life. It was just like, <laughs> it was like this super great, almost, it looked like he took it off of a TV um, from the, the conjuring movie. It was like the Annabelle doll. And I was like, okay, I hope I know what color that is. Ah, it's so frustrating. Uh, I, yeah, and then I, I painted it. I'd be the main painter, but um, at least for um, resin. And then um, I also did some latex Joker masks for Lee Joyner. Uh, he did in the, in the incredible like Joker where his face, he tore off his face and then stapled it back on. Mm -hmm. Um, but at some point he had, he had enough painters cause he was moving more into silicone and he needed more mold makers and casters. So I kind of worked my way up. I, I learned casting, um, resin casting at first then silicone casting and then mold making. And now I'm the main mold maker. Uh, and me and Rob share the casting work. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's it like, I mean, it's, but that's, that's like, I don't know. I, I see the pictures on your Patreon 
of the shop and all the stuff you're doing. And it's like that, that just takes me back to my makeup effects days. It's the same stuff, you know, prop mm-hmm. making, makeup effects, whatever, the same kind of all the material. I recognize all the materials and supplies and the mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like totally oh. like, I remember those days sitting in a pile of plaster, yeah. plaster dust all over everything. And, <laughs> respirators and you're all sweaty yeah. and hot <laughs> i remember those days yeah. uh pretty gross i love it <laughs> <laughs> and i can just me and rob like have the ability just like if we get an itch to do something we're like well let's just find time to do it somehow um i i worked midsummer screen and a week before and, I, and i'm stressing like i i Yesterday was my first day off since July 7th. And so up wow. until yesterday, I was pulling like two hour days because I have three jobs. Uh, Damn. And for some reason, I'm overworked. Midsummer Scream is like a week away. And I'm just like, you know what? I really want to make a coffin to display my femur bones because I like finally had a femur bone mold. I was so stoked about it. Um, I just love them. Uh, and I think they make great weapons. Uh, and I was like, I really want, I really want like a little, you know, casket to display those. So I just bought a bunch of wood and I, I caved and just used my credit card to buy a jigsaw. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to figure it out. Uh, I probably could have helped myself by looking up like schematics or watching a video. Right. But I was too overworked to even think that, uh, like, certain things just go out your brain after a seven hour week. You just yeah. don't, you just, you're just surviving every day. Yeah. Um, so I just was like, you know, this was nice enough to give me a clamp. clamp. I have a saw, I'll just figure it out. Actually, um, a lot of people have asked if they could buy an actual coffin with a bunch of bones in it. And I'm just <laughs> like, I was like, it took me, so many hours to figure out how to build that thing and it's I refused to buy wood glue at the time because I was being stubborn right um, <laughs> I remember you saying that in the, on the I post have weird, I have some weird hate for wood glue from my childhood working like in warehouses in my teenage I don't know I just hate wood glue so it's like mostly staples mostly staple gun together <laughs> I can't sell it it would fall apart but I love it. I actually love the rickedness, 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 rickedness. I don't know. Rickety-ness? I love the jinkiness. Yeah. <laughs> Rickety, 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 ricketiness. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna fall apart at any moment, and that's what I want. Right, the jalopy, <laughs> uh, like a jalopy. You know, like old jalopy car. Yeah. Like a wheels, yeah. like an oval, so it's going up and down. I was so ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I was so proud of it too, which is so silly. Uh, it was cool. Like it came all, out great. Yeah, but I'd be like, "Look, I attached um, what is what is the back? Oh, like a like a prop to prop it up. Like I hinged a little uh, like a steep to prop up the coffin so it could like sit and angle. I was so proud that I put a hinge on a piece of wood. <laughs> of all the things, I've done, like I've casted up life size Pennywise." And I, I, I work three jobs, but me putting this hinged little piece of wood, I, I was just like so proud of it. I showed everyone. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. 
Well, woodworking uh, is a different kind of a different different kind of skill. So when you learn something new, it's exciting. Yeah. Now you love femurs. I love femurs. You're gonna be jealous because uh-huh. I I've got a femur. I don't have a, I don't have a huge bone collection, but I've got mostly fake <clears throat> resin casts. But I do I have like one old old human real human head I traded for some art, and then I bought a femur bone, a real femur. And the, and the person who sold it to me, they, they seemed real. I believed it at the time, but now that I think about it, it's almost like it's too good to be true. So I don't know if it's true, but they said that this femur was buried outside of a church, I think in Norway or something up and, and the skeleton was buried upside down or something, which is how they used to bury people they thought were witches. So I've Whoa. so I've got a a witch femur. Whoa, that's rad. <laughs> Mine's just a <laughs> What's that? I, mine's just a regular femur. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should we should mold this thing. I don't think it has any properties. <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> I can mold stuff. It's also got it's and it does have <laughs> it's got black it looks like charring slightly. That was the other thing. Ooh. Could be bullshit. Probably is bullshit, but I I like to believe it. So it's like you know, it's it's to me, it's like a it's such a it's like a magic wand. It feels like a magic wand. It's so awesome, and it's kind of small too. Like like it was sort of a small person. But anyway, that's my that's my. I, I think it's a I think it's a femur. Which is your femur? Your femur is your thigh bone. Your thigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a femur. Yeah. Femur. Yeah. People are always surprised when I show them. They're like, why is it so big? Like, why is it so long? And I was like, well, you have to think. Like, it attaches into your hip. Right. Like, it doesn't just stop. Yeah, right at the joint. Where jo- your pelvis is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in your socket. Yeah. Yeah, it's like probably the coolest shaped bone in the human body. Other than Other than the skull. I have this little, this is a, a human finger bone necklace. Oh, cool. From a- <laughs> Uh, th- this jewelry maker I love, Ugo. Um, he does amazing work. I love his stuff. Uh, yeah, that's great. How can you go wrong with the human finger bone? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, uh, oh, let's hear what's your what's your your story? What's your history? How I'm did a you? Had it, what's that? <laughs> what was I'm that? A, big weirdo. a what? A big weirdo. Oh, okay. <laughs> when did the <laughs> when did that, <laughs> that that we everybody on the show is a big weirdo? <laughs> when did when did this start? You know, when did the fascination with art and weirdo things start for you? Well, like mo- most art artists, I was raised Catholic. <laughs> ah, ah, there you go. Say no more. <laughs> Which is so funny when I listen to your podcast. Everyone's like, "Yeah, well, I was raised Catholic." I was like, "Yeah," because like. If you're raised Catholic, you're bound to become like a kinky, weird adult. There's no way around <laughs> that. Uh, like, that, or you go, or you go fully into yeah, the, the, the yeah, religion. Yeah. You know. So there was that. I I just was always in love with art, um, and I, you know, as a kid, I was like, I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna be an artist. And my parents would like do that smile, like. Yeah, good for you, kid. Wait till you have bills, you know. <laughs> but they, they wanted to support my silly notion, um, and I had this weird drive that I just wanted to sell art. I don't know why. 
And it, of course, wasn't monetary gain. Like, I knew from entertainment that of the, you know, starving artist trope. And, you know, everyone was like, well, what do you want for a real job? And so I knew, like, yeah, artists don't make money. Uh, so, like, it, it wasn't it wasn't like out of a financial gain. It was just like this weird desire I had. I couldn't figure it out uh, hmm. to the point that I would like torture my family. I would, I would host art shows in our living room and force them to pay entry fees <laughs> to come to the art show. What, age, they, what age is this? Oh my gosh. I did this like all throughout my childhood. I did this up till I was like 13 and <laughs> I just, or I'm like, you have to pay to get, like, I make them a ticket. Like, here's a, here's an a art show. You oh, this come. Is... And then they get to the door, which is like a curtain. It was like a bed sheet. I, I was like, here's the door. It's a bed sheet, like pinned <laughs> staircase. Here's the door. Okay. Now you have to pay me to get <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, They got, they were just like oh, another art show. Really? And I was always making a mess trying to make the art show. Uh huh. And at one point, I um, I was a very, um, like I joke, I say that I'm, like, I say that I'm mostly legs and fortitude, because I just don't, like, I'm a lot of legs and, and like, a lot of grit, <laughs> like, I don't give up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those are, like, my features. <laughs> and uh, when I was a kid, I was, I was very sensitive, I was overly sensitive, um, the world affected me in a very, just a very hard way. Everything was much harder on me and I would get very attached to things that were kind of like dark or unwanted. Hmm. Uh, like I would, I would actually, if I saw a dead animal, I would find a way to carry it home and then bury it, wow. which got me in a lot of trouble. Uh, <laughs> my, my granddaughters are the same way. They they okay. it, totally into that. Anytime there's a dead animal, it's like okay, we got to bury it. You know, yeah. it, I I would feel like so much empathy. Like it would mm-hmm. actually be something. On, and I and my parents were like, "Oh my gosh, our kid's crazy." Um, <laughs> and I of course like I lucked out and found you know Alan Schwartz's art. Uh, scary stories mm, yeah. at the Scholastic Fair, and I spent all my money on it. My parents were pissed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe they're happy about it now. Um, and then when I was a little older, like when I was like maybe 11, 12, I just wanted to sell art, so I I would make art with what supplies I had or what my friends could lend me and I'd put the art in my pockets and I would walk around town, knock on doors and be like, Hey, do you want to buy some art? And like pull art out of my pocket. To, to it's people, so ridiculous. To people and, you, you didn't know? Or yes. Did, total strangers. Wow. Um, it, it was Ventura County. So it was like safe. Right. Right. Fine. No, but I mean, uh, just, just <laughs> I'm thinking more in the, in like, uh, uh in the sense of were, weren't you a shy you weren't shy? Oh yeah. Oh. So how were you here's able the weird thing is How were you able to overcome I, the shyness I, to do that? So I had severe anxiety until I was like like 23. 
Um, but I was doing art shows at 20. Hmm. Uh, there, there was like, when it came to art, my desire to create art and to have people want that art just overrode any anxiety I had. And I would just, no matter if I was shaking, no matter if I was uncomfortable, I just forced myself to do it. And unfortunately, um, you know, I lived in like a crotchety town and I would just knock on doors and they'd be like, what is this for? Is this a school fundraiser? And I'd be like, no, I just want to be an artist. And they, and they'd be like, if you want money, get a real job. Oh my and it God. Would like, it would break my heart. How horrible. And what an idiot. People, it, <laughs> Idiots. I didn't, yeah. And I didn't have the words to, to, to like make, to communicate that, I wasn't doing it necessarily for the money. Like right. I didn't even know I was doing it. So I didn't know how to like verbalize that to these strangers who were like, Hey, fuck you. Get out, get out of here. Kid that wants money. Right. I couldn't tell. I could say like, no, it's not about money. I want to be an artist. And they're like, you know, get a paper out. Um, <laughs> and I would go home crying. I would, I would go home crying with unwanted art stuffed in my pockets with my shoulders hunched, I remember these days, like, this is really important days for me, and I would, my face would be swollen from crying. Oh, my God. And then the next day, i get up, put the <laughs> art back in my pocket, go try the other street. Because <laughs> no matter how, like, no matter how much things upset me, I just keep going. Like, it, if things are hard, it's just, I just, I just keep going, like, uh, like lately, uh, Bill Schaefer was in the hospital in the ICU. Right. And I was a mess. A lot of us were a mess, you know, waiting to hear every day from him. Right. And I would just like cry in my respirator and like try to wipe the steam off and then just keep working while I'm crying. Because you just kind of have to keep going. Right. Um, you can't let those hardships you know, you, you can't stop, unfortunately, if you're trying to survive and trying to keep your artwork alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, He's I, better I, though. I mean, <laughs> what was that? What was that? He's not, he, he's doing better. He's not, you know, fully healthy, but he's out of the hospital, yeah, well, yeah. which is great. Yeah. So. I was follow, following that. That was insane. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm glad he made it made it through. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna say I can uh, completely relate to that. To the to the like for me for me it was like the art gave me. It's like if I had the if I was presenting myself as me I couldn't do it as a kid or even as an adult really. But if I was presenting my art, it's almost like I was yeah. able to that was my protective shield in a way, you know, like if I, yeah. I, if I would show my art in school shows when I was a kid, I mean, I, I was super, super shy. I'm sure you were too. Just like not, I didn't want to even answer the telephone in case I had to talk to someone <laughs> I didn't know. You know, it was like, I didn't want to pay for things at a store to get my candy. I was just like, didn't, I was super, super shy. But if, um, if when it came to the art, it's like suddenly I, I had all this self-esteem from that in a way and even as an adult you know um or you know young adult 17 18 and uh i started a band you know and i was the lead the front person and the singer 
And it's like, it's so against my nature, but the music, I just, it's like if I had, I believed in the music. So, yeah. so it didn't feel like embarrassing or weird or anything, you know? So it's, it's almost like a superpower that we have or like a, like a shield in a way, you know, to, to it, hi- it's hide behind. How creative endeavors can push us out of our. Yeah. Our yeah. It's amazing. It's really cool. When I first started doing art shows, um, I had to wear a mask. I would, I would wear a Venetian mask. Um, and that would help. Oh, because wow. When I get, when I get into costume, I'm not myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a costume. Is I'm this, a different. Yeah. That is another total parallel. <laughs> I was just talking, who was I talking to about this? I was talking to Christopher Ulrich about this. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I used to I used to wear a mask when I went in the grocery store with my mom when I was like five, just because I thought it was cool. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah. I would I would run around the neighborhood with masks on all the time. You know, I was into rubber monster masks, and and I could you know I could talk to anybody with a mask on. I could go up and like scare them, and you know and, and I and I I couldn't do that without it. And I uh, Rick Baker used to say the same thing when he was a little kid. As soon as he'd put a mask on, he was super shy as a kid. As soon as he put a mask on, he could do anything, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. So it's a thing. It's a thing. It's so yeah. weird when you think about it. Like it's, it's like how a kid naturally uses that to overcome this sense of shyness. It's a trip. It's a trip that w- you, we and probably millions of other kids all over the world just kind of came on that naturally. It's not like our parents said, oh, you're shy? P- try putting a mask on and see if it helps you. It's like we f- figured it out on our own. And, and, and alcohol. <laughs> what's that? And alcohol, well, I think. not when I was <laughs> a kid. <laughs> Maybe get too drunk. Uh, <laughs> not when you're five I, years old. <laughs> I used to drink a lot at art shows. Yeah, uh, that's not. A, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, a, a. I was just talking also to someone about how there's always a there's always someone who's just totally wasted that comes to all the art shows that mm-hmm. isn't really even an art fan, but they just come there because there's free alcohol. Because because uh, galleries, the only way you get away with not having a liquor license is to give the the alcohol away for free. So there's, yeah. there's like, there's like, you know, one or two of these alcoholic people that are come to every GoPro show. <laughs> it's like, they don't give a shit about art at all. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so, so did you end up going to school for it or did you just kind of like, it sounds like you were just always creating artwork and then trying to sell it. So it, maybe it was like a, just a gradual, it was not even like, tra- there wasn't like a big transition. Like I went to art college and then I decided I was going to be an artist and built up from there. It's like you were building that muscle memory of selling art yeah. from back when you were 10 yeah, or 12 years fun. old or whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, wait, say that again. Uh, wait, what, what, you're, you're breaking me. up. You're breaking up. Well, say that again. Am I cutting out? Am I cutting out? Am I good? No, you're good. No, you're good. Yeah, you're good. So, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, at one point, my parents tried to pressure me to take like official art lessons. Um, 
but it they weren't respectful about it and it just it rubbed me the wrong way and it was like traditional like hey draw a vase and draw a human body and i i just wasn't into it i i had already learned all those basics in school um a lot of a lot of the information you need is in public school already um and then you just branch out from there um and i i looked out in high school like i overtook art classes um like I, I didn't have to take as many classes as I did each day, but I signed up for extra art classes because I just wanted to do it. Mm. And I also didn't want to be at home. Um, and my senior year, I remember uh, like the general art teacher being like, why are you still here? <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you in this class again? Isn't this like your fourth time taking this class? I was like, yeah, I'm graduating this year. <laughs> I want to have um and I was, I, and it was so funny because, like, I would go from his, like, his was a basic drawing class, and then I would walk over to Honors Art, and he'd just be like, "Why are you here? <laughs> why, why are you cross hatching and doing shading examples when you're over in Honors Art?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just, I like it here." Um, and he was a good sport. Like, he was very afraid of me as a person <laughs> what do you mean um, well i like in high school i was like a very scary human like i would i mean i was like one of three goth kids um like sometimes i had a, like my head shaved in a in a mohawk but i couldn't afford mohawk stuff so it was just a flap uh. i couldn't afford to spike the mohawk but i essentially had what should have been a mohawk um, I had piercings all over my face. I, you know, like I wore baggy clothes. I was a cross dresser in a time when cross dressing wasn't acceptable. Um, so everyone was just very confused and uncomfortable about me. I was in a conservative town as a cross dressing goth dark artist. Life was hard. And <laughs> most of my teachers were terrified of me. And often they would send me like to the dean's office accusing me of like dealing drugs or whatever and i was i was never involved in anything bad right but they just look at me and be like you're trouble and, and send me to the office i they just hated who i was wow um, but the main art teacher i had even though i made him uncomfortable i realized at some point he had been putting my artwork like my artwork for the week in the hallway display every single week wow and this was hilarious too because i'd be like oh my gosh he hung up my painting that has the hanging corpse in it <laughs> and he wouldn't tell me. i actually was sent to the dean's office once for being accused of dealing drugs actually because i had a I had a deck of cards in my hand. They assumed it was money and then therefore assumed I was dealing drugs. Wow. Um, you know, a bunch of leaps. Right. But I walked, walking to the dean's office and I saw like three of my watercolor paintings on display outside the principal's office and they were the only paintings out there. And I was just like, whoa. And also nobody told me this. Like, I... <laughs> I was always shocked that 
he was very supportive of my he wouldn't tell me right but i'd find out <laughs> what a trip yeah <laughs> wow that's so cool that's cool though it's like he couldn't he couldn't deal yeah. with it <laughs> he couldn't deal with you but it's like he couldn't yeah. he couldn't deny that your art was was good and that you were totally into what you were doing and maybe that was his way of accepting you yeah yeah and then when i got older um at 19 i started to that was like when i first started to get really sick like chronically ill mm. and when i was tr- when i was 20 it was like really bad and I was in a lot of pain and, you know, a, a lot of people, even now, it, it's weird to see adults talking like this now, but, but a lot of people are still under the assumption like, well, if I get sick, a doctor will just fix me. Yeah. And they don't, they don't really understand. Like, I think that's why a lot of people aren't taking the pandemic seriously. They're like, oh, well, like I'll get sick. I'll just take mess. I'm like, no, like, and I try to tell people like, you don't, want lung issues i had a simple case of bronchitis and my lungs are still shot and that was four years ago really uh yeah wow you don't you don't want lung issues but you can't until someone's chronically ill they don't get it they think oh i'll just i'll, I'll just go to a doctor I right. said, no, dude. i've been to a million doctors like trust me but when i was 20 i was really sick i didn't know what to do i was already working i was working as a game tester for like like nine bucks an hour when you know rent is like a grand um i was selling my blood i was working part-time in a warehouse um i was on uh for building signs for like porn companies because it was chatsworth wait wait You froze. That's just like the porn capital out here. You, wait, wait, say uh, that. I, I, you, you froze again. I, I just, I, I heard signs for porn companies. Oh. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. So, so, I worked in a, I worked in a warehouse in Chatsworth. Okay. But because Chatsworth is like capital of California, the majority of the work we would get was like signs for porn companies. So you know, like I would. I would leave my 10 hour shifts from game testing and then go to a warehouse and like stucco signs for Adam and Eve or whoever. Um, (laughs) And like occasionally use a scroll saw or like carry things in or like peel, um, cut out vinyl stickers and stuff like that. Um, And so it was just like general warehouse work Mm. and I was exhausted and I was sick. I was in a lot of pain. I was scared as to why I was in so much pain and why doctors couldn't figure it out. Um, so you weren't diagnosed at this it, point? No. And and it was like so expensive to get to a single doctor. So when a single doctor tells you like, oh, I, I don't know what you have. And then you have to find a way to scrape together another $85 when you make $9 an hour. Right. It, it was nuts. And... Um, so while I was working in the warehouse, um, I asked my best friend, I was like, look, I don't know how to, I don't know how to survive. I don't know, how, like, what I'm doing isn't working and I don't have any meaning to my life. I need to do something other than working multiple jobs and not figuring out my health. And, uh, I was like, I'm just going to sell art. I, I like that that seems like the only solution I'm just going to sell art to pay for medical bills. And 
that's literally how my art career started. He, like, he came to the warehouse one night. We printed out, like, little crappy, like, four by six photos and shoved it in, like, a plastic portfolio. And I was really embarrassed about my artwork. People had always made fun of it. Um, at the time, I was married to this amazing artist that, like, completely outshone anything I did. So nobody, everyone would praise him and then look at my stuff and be like, oh, mm. okay. So it, I was really embarrassed by the things I made. And again, I was making, you know, little polymer dolls, twisty type, just whatever I could afford to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my paint, like, a lot of times I would have to paint with nail polish. I would borrow people's nail polish because wow. I just... I was so poor and I was, um, I was digging out of trash cans at night, collecting recyclables so that I could just like afford a pack of hot dogs to get through the week. And I would ration the hot dogs. Damn. Like life was just fucking rough and I was so sick and I had no money. So I was like, you know what? Art's going to be the thing that saves me. It has to be. And we made this little portfolio and I just, you know, this was before, um, a whole lot of internet. It was def- it was definitely before GPS and all that. So I would just I would look up galleries online, and there weren't dark art galleries back then. Yeah, so what, what re- are we talking? What year are we talking? Um, this was like two thousand six. Oh yeah, that was that's early. So yeah, there wasn't shit. So, there wasn't shit for dark artists out there. Yeah, and the and the internet was still like people mm-hmm. didn't use it very much like. People were still like into connecting for real, which is great. <laughs> but I would just, I would find any gallery because <clears throat> I did, because there were no dark art galleries. And I would, you know, get out my Thomas Guide, map out. <laughs> oh, yeah, where Thomas it was Guide. In downtown. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I still have my old Thomas Guide. It's probably outdated. Um, and you also have one. Lock your phone break. Oh, yeah, you um, had to have a Thomas Guide. I remember back when there wasn't cell phones yeah. i remember going places yeah. without a cell phone because we didn't have cell phones yet <laughs> so you yeah. had to have a thomas guide and just scoop you up um <laughs> but i went down to uh downtown la with my little portfolio feeling really embarrassing um you know the, i looked poor i felt poor i was I was mostly bones because I could barely eat. I had no self-confidence. Um, my life was horrible. Like, I was in intense pain. Um, I was selling blood. Like, I had nothing in me that could ever make me think I should be an artist. Like, I should succeed at this. I, I just knew that, like, I have to do something different. I have to take a stand this isn't how things should be. I should be able to get the help I need. I shouldn't be living this way. Um, I shouldn't be overworking myself. I, I'm still overworking myself, but it's better now. Um, <laughs> and I went, I went to downtown in my little beat up car um, and like got upset that like you have to pay for parking in downtown. <laughs> I was like, what do we do? We were like scraping coins out of the bottom of my car. Like, cause we didn't, I didn't know about metered parky back then. Um, like I was a Ventura County kid and we had made a long drive and I just, I went around to art galleries and like, hi, I'm an artist. I had no idea what I was doing. 
you know, most people looked at me like, oh, okay, like, what what are you doing here? Like, what, um, you know, I was walking into pop galleries, surreal galleries, anything I could, mm. and I and Neil, I can't pronounce his last name, well, Poyazuna, I don't know if you remember him. Who is that again? You um, kind of, you kind of he, broke up there for a second. Neil Poyuzina. Poyuzina. I never pronounce his last name. Hmm. But he ran the art slave. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Say that again. He ran, you, you broke up a little bit again. What He, he ran what? He ran art slave in art. downtown. Art slave. Art slave. Do I know it art was, slave? It was a very, it was new. Um, and unfortunately he passed away. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It sounds familiar, but I'm trying to think. Sorry, I'm just looking it up. He did a few uh, galleries as well. Huh. Anyway, sorry. I don't see anything. Oh, so... Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Go on. Right. Um, but, yeah, he, like, he was nice enough to, like, just talk to me and... Um, I was I was there like looking at the show and I pointed out a piece and I was like, oh my gosh, this piece is amazing. And he was like, oh, that's that's my piece. And I like I wasn't even sure if I should put it up. I feel embarrassed about it. I was like, no, this is the best piece here. And that's kind of how we connected. Mm. And he after that, he invited me to like um, it was kind of like a quick pop up art show as a group show. And I made one piece for that. And I. I printed out flyers and handed them out to all my coworkers. I was so excited. It was my first art show and I was like 20 and I was so excited. And it gave me like that. I finally had a bit of hope. Like I'm going to make it, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to pay for doctors. I'm going to get to do the thing I love. Um, you know, I was young. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then that, that was that. And it kind of fizzled out and I didn't, I had a hard time finding any other galleries that would take a chance on me. Um, but I just kept trying. I kept taking that little shitty portfolio everywhere. Just like when I was a kid with art in my right. pocket, just knocking on doors. I, I would just physically show up to places and be like, hi, help. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's how I met Bill Schaefer. Like I, I, you know, enough time searching on the internet and trying to find dark art um I, I i stumbled across hyena and i went there and i showed him my little thing and i was embarrassed but he he befriended me and he didn't really say anything much about my art after that um but then i was at one of the group shows and i was just like man i would love i would love to show art here and and he was like are you kidding me i love your art you can show art here whenever you want. And I like my heart exploded. I like, I cried on the way to my car that night because I, <laughs> I had tried so hard my whole life to have my art accepted. Right. And I had finally stumbled upon this dark art gallery that I, I didn't know that they existed. Uh, hyena was a really rare thing. Yeah. Um, and he just, he 
basically gave me a career on a silver platter. Oh, cool. And after that, like, his, his audience was me and everyone all and I met Jeremy Cross like me and Jeremy used to do shows together when we were younger Chris uh, 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 Big Tasty like I met through Hyena and mm-hmm. it, it really was like a a little dark art family right it was yeah. great <laughs> yeah yeah Bill I mean Bill's given a lot of artists their start you know He's great. He's yeah. he's really he's a he's a, a pillar pillar of the dark art community. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> that's awesome. So you just kind of kept going from there, and you were able to sell your art to pay for your medical bills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Like sometimes I did. Um, sometimes I actually would take my medical bills and make them the canvas. And then sell those to pay off the the bill I was selling as art. That's amazing. Um, That's like totally, yeah, totally amazing. Trying, I'm always thinking of weird stuff. <laughs> like at some point I started, the reason I have like a pile of obituaries is because I used to canvas things in obituaries and then draw over that. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And then at some point people online saw that and they would write me and say, hey, can I send you an obituary of my loved one and can you turn it into something beautiful wow and i was a little nervous i was like i don't want to mess up like how many copies do you have like if i mess this up right (laughs) something forever but yeah i would make them kind of like dark art but very sweet um Uh and then ship it back to them and they'd be like oh it's it's beautiful and i did that for a while to pay for bills so yeah it was fun (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Well, and and here you are. Here you are. I mean, here I am working three jobs. <laughs> yeah. What are what are the other jobs you're working? Um. So I work a forty hour. You know, like everyone has to, except you. Um. <laughs> you you and Shane are. Uh, uh, I I do subtitle editing. Um. I used to get paid oh. to watch movies. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I did quality control for movies and TV um, up until I became a subtitle editor. So I would just like sit in a sound room and watch Green Lantern 14 times in a row and then go home. You know, like it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't grand. People, people are like, Oh, it's amazing. I'm like, sure. You know, wait, wait, wait until you have to watch every episode of Dallas in seven languages. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like a form of torture. If you, if you think about it, (laughs) it it had its good points. It was very flexible. I could leave and run art errands and like drop off deadlines. That's cool. Um, Like I could leave and just like go to mystic museum, drop off my artwork. There were some days like I would just, go to the movies. I would go watch a movie I wanted to watch, <laughs> take myself out, have some drinks. But now, yeah, I, I do the boring aspect. I, I edit subtitles. So they're in sync and they're not weird. Um, and then 
my second job is prop making for the scary closet. Um, and we, we also get sometimes like random client requests. Uh, if I can take those on, I will, um, uh, like Stephanie, and I have, um, some like cookie cutters that are very cute. They're like, wait, butts wait, you, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you say who, who was, who was the artist? Cause you broke up right when you were saying their name. Uh, Stephanie Inagaki. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's been on the podcast. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's um, great. She's awesome. So, yeah, doing prop work was great because um, it gave me, like, the physicality I needed to kind of counterbalance sitting at a desk all day. Yeah. And my body just feels awful. My body feels awful after I sit at a computer. Um, and... Uh, it's just like I, I love making props. It's great, and then it it was it was enough money for me to just like really fight the medical industry and just be like, you know what, this doctor sucks, and I wasted seventy five bucks on him, but I'll just go to that doctor for seventy five. And I finally had the funds to just doctor after doctor after doctor try this medicine, try that medicine, and I I really just like pounded really hard at. at like my medical problems um using prop work um but then <laughs> lockdown hit and i wanted to open up a business <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to put myself in debt uh <laughs> um so, I, so essentially my office job is funding like basic life necessities you know rent bills um and the prop work helped me fund three different jobs, um, all unique in their own terrible and wonderful ways. <laughs> uh, I, I love aspects of each one, but I definitely love the, the scullery the most. If I could, if I could do that full time, that's the dream. Well, this brings us to the scullery. And Spooky Jack. Oh, Spooky Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I think this, at least so far, this is your masterpiece. This, thank you. It it really, it's, it's like, it's so. I mean, it's like I, I, I was like, am I exaggerating? Am I overreacting to this? But this is like the coolest fucking idea I've scene in years just like so so explain the concept of what it is because it's i mean you the look you know the look is perfect everything about it's perfection but it's like i was gonna say when we were talking before but i I wanted to save it for the podcast it's like when i was a kid when i was a little kid i used to dream of having a store that was basically just like wacko you know wacko yeah you know they have like all like rubber eyeballs and fingers and livers and just weird things you know like i used to imagine having a store basically with just like those kind of things like cut off hands and stuff and it's like you know this is this the scullery is is you know uh is very similar to to something i just would have if i would have seen that when i was a kid i would have just been like that is the most amazing thing i've ever seen in my life so explain the concept because i think it's just Absolutely brilliant. It's so perfect. 
and so this is this is also funny because um the the scullery was like a side a side thought but it blew up in a way that it it gets way more attention than my 16 years as a gallery artist but that's and, the way it goes <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> but like um i like I've been pretty spoiled in the art world anyways. Like people have always been very supportive of my personal art. Mm. Um, Like my art, I I was lucky that one of my biggest problems was my art would sell so fast. I wouldn't have things to show people when they would walk into a gallery. Right. Um, Everyone was very kind and gave me a lot of opportunities when they didn't need to. There were even people that approached me in my younger years and would say, wow, you're lucky to have this opportunity at your age. And I'd be like, what? Like, (laughs) did I need to earn something? Am I not supposed to be here? But they're like, you know, people don't get solo shows at your age. And I was like, what? Like, I had no idea that my age was an issue. Um, but yeah, the art, the sensitive artist in me was like, hmm, should I be upset that Spooky Jack is more popular than me as a human? And then I was like, no, fuck that. I worked really hard on Spooky Jack. It's, 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 it's and a, I don't, care. I don't like, see it. I don't see it as any different. It, it's your art. It's still your art to me. It's like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's maybe more of a commercial venture in a way, but it's like, so what, you know, it's like mm-hmm. selling art. There's a commercial venture aspect to that. Also to me, it's just like, uh, it's, a, I mean, you're doing it cause it's cool. You're not doing it. Cause like, Oh, I can make all this money dressing oh, up no. like a skeleton and selling bones on the street. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, you're doing it cause you, you did it. <laughs> you've done it. And you came up with the idea, I'm imagining, just from the purest of intentions, because it would be cool, right? Yes. So, um, I mean, and... and So it's another art project. Yeah. Robert Venter, you know, um, my eternal gratitude, uh, when we were dating, he had, he had like one skull mold, and he would occasionally just like cast one up for fun and sell it online. And I'd be like, dude, can you teach me that? Can you teach me how to cast skull? Because they're very complex. Yeah. Whenever someone's like, can I buy one of your skulls so I can make a mold? I'm like, good luck. Like, are you really going to torture yourself? Um, (laughs) Everything else I cast up is easier. Um, And he was like, yeah, you know what? You can just have the mold. I don't use it anymore. It's not like it wasn't my original design. I don't need it. And so I just start practicing with that. Um, and, uh, because of COVID, like we both lost our day jobs. We were still working props together. Um, he moved into my apartment for a little while and I've, I've always been one of those people that just like wants to do weird shit for the sake of doing weird and some things are hit or miss. Um, some people like the novelty of something. Um, I, I used to unicycle around town on Valentine's Day and pass out roses to people. <laughs> and I would, I, would, I would dress up like a Harlequin, too. Like, I would be kind of clowny. Um, uh-huh. 
and I would shave off my hair and I would dye hearts into the shaved parts of my hair. Like I would really go for it. Right. Um, and people are like, what you unicycle around? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, you know? And, uh, you know, it, it, it made some people really happy. It made some people give me dirty looks, but I just, <laughs> I, did it. I did it for like three years in a row. Um, that's great. So I, yeah, I, I've always just been like in the wacky ideas. And so we had lockdown, which for me was the, the best, the best moment of my life. Cause I, I've worked multiple jobs and overtime since I was 20. So being 36 and being like, here's a break, like, holy fuck. Right. right. I'm going to, I'm going to make art shows. I'm going to read all the piles of books that are unread. I'm going to cook every day. Like, I love, I love lockdown. Um, and I was just like pestering Rob. I was just pestering him all the time with weird ideas, like just inundating like him. And he would just try to be doing something. And I'd be like, Hey Rob, what if we just get all our special effects friends? We build up a bunch of bus homes. Like we convert, we convert buses into homes and we travel around the country fixing up haunted houses. We <laughs> collectively, we have all the skills. Like, you do special effects makeup. I do prop work. That person knows hair punching. Like, let's just go fucking do it. And he'd be like, oh, whatever. You know, like, he, did, he's, I, he's, he thought I was, like, like joking. Like, I was half, half serious, at least. <laughs> I really wanted to live in a bus and travel around while I didn't have some terrible office job keeping me down. Um, and I just like throw out these dumb ideas at him. And one day I was just like, what if, what if I just like sell skulls out of like a creepy peddler's cart? And he was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. And what if I wear a skeleton costume when I do it? And he's like, yeah, whatever. And for some reason, I just didn't drop it. I just kept saying it. Like every day, <laughs> I annoyed the shit out of him every day. I was like, dude, let's just do it. Let's just, why don't you want to do it? Doesn't it sound fun? Like, isn't it like, and he's like, whatever. Like I have really, like he has, he has serious work to do, you know? Right. Um, and, and he thought I was joking around. He didn't, you know, cause I'm like a weird quirky person. I just say stuff. Um, and then one day I was just like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to like, I already own a top hat. Um, I all, I already own a magic wand that I turned into a cane. Um, <laughs> I own like all the trimmings for like male attire for costumes. Um, like we already had a half mask of a skeleton. It wasn't. It didn't have the jaw, but it was like the eyes. Mm-hmm. It was something like we we would like wear to run fair, um, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm just gonna fucking do it. I already have a business license for art. I- I'm just gonna call them and see if I can upgrade it. Like, what can? Because my biggest like obstacle in my mind was like, the city's never gonna let some fucking weirdo go on Ventura Boulevard and sell skulls. <laughs> like who? Like what city official is going to allow <laughs> Right. No, and I, and I don't want to like be rogue and just like do it illegally. Um, so I just like one day I called them up and I was like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles County. Um, 
would you be cool with me selling Halloween props out of uh, a vending cart? And they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, how do I do this? And they're like, well, you already have a license. Just upgrade it. We'll just upgrade it. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) It it was that simple. I And um, when the, like, official permit came in the mail, like, I got goosebumps. And I knew I I was on to something. I was like, if this gives me goosebumps, like, this idea. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go full hard. And I, and at this point it was, it was September. And my plan was, I want this to be an event for October, which is like not a lot of time. Right. It's just, um, I had a lot of legal work. I had a lot of paperwork. I had a million companies to talk to, uh, money, <laughs> money was an issue. Yeah. I just, I'm still paying off the the business debt but that's you know that's part of opening anything yeah um and i was just like i'm just gonna fucking do it people are sad and miserable everyone's like a sad sack at home because of covid yeah i want to bring back some magic to people like in the same way i would unicycle and pass out roses i want to make people smile i want to connect with people again um for me, this was, it wasn't my first year of isolation. I had severe lung issues for so long that I was mostly isolated for like four years. Wow. So lockdown was easy for me because right. that, it was already my life. Um, uh, like, you know, I, I would see people when I could, but it was a very rare. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't have the energy. Um, and I, I didn't have the lungs to move around very, very much. Hmm. So I was like, I, I was like, this would be a great chance. I finally have time to do something artistic. I can connect with people again. I can make people smile. And the whole process was total kismet. Everything fell together perfectly. And that's how I knew I was doing the right thing mm-hmm. because, um, I, I was looking at peddlers carts online and like it was everyone was like hey two grand for like an Amish peddler cart I was like what like <laughs> it's not even fancy and I don't you know like I everything was in the Midwest and I couldn't have it shipped and um um but like I was still making all the other things I just didn't I didn't have my vending cart yet. But I knew I was going to do it no matter if I had to go out there and just hold the skulls in my in a basket or whatever. I I make it work. I just knew I wanted to do it. So we built the mask with the flapping jaw, which was like is like key to everyone's enjoyment. Oh, it's um, perfect! It's like perfect. Everyone loves that he looks like he's laughing, uh, especially like when I do the Charleston bees knees. It just. People love to see a dancing skeleton with a laughing jaw. And a top hat, yeah. Yeah, we had working molds. Um, and, you know, like, we were fi- figuring out all the logistics and, like, where would we sell and, like, how do we get this going? And at this point, like, Rob was really excited with me. Like, he was like, holy shit, she's doing it. Like, mm-hmm. she, you know, after all this time, he thought I was joking. He's like, wow, she's really going for it. I guess I should, like be a part of this and we just were a great team 
and he was so nice to help out, help build this thing, and was very like super supportive. Yeah, he's a good which, good guy. Which is great. Like, n- not a lot of significant others would be like, "Yeah, go dress as a skeleton man." <laughs> of LA in the heat and yeah. like pedal your wares which are bones um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's that kind of person yep. so I mean, he worked on The Walking Dead who's he gonna judge you know right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, next to a thrift shop really great the LA road thrift shop in Glendale Wait, wait, say that. You, you, wait, wait, stop. They stop, are. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> you, you, you were, you were broken up again there at the beginning. So I just, so start that whole thing over. What, what, something about a shop? Oh, did, uh, so our, our studio is right near a shop, a really, a really good one oh, called okay. LA Road for shop. Oh, okay, okay. In Glendale. Um, and there were a lot of occasions we would just like take a break from, you know, making monsters and would walk over to the thrift shop, you know, look for work clothes, work shoes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, so we, it, it's getting close to showtime. Like October, yeah, we were into October, three weeks away from Halloween. I didn't, I still didn't have something to carry the skulls in. So I was like, let's just walk to the thrift shop. That that place is like the room of requirements. Like whatever you need. Yeah, we just walk in there. Oh, we need shelves. Hey, there they are for five dollars. Right. We can build wire rack. Okay. Um. So we walked over, and I was like, oh, you know, yeah. There's a radio flyer. I could, you know, I could paint it. I could rust it up. You know, but it is kind of low to the ground. And we were looking around, and I turned the corner into this like. It's almost like a place where, like, they put shit nobody wants in, like, this corner near the exit. It's mostly, like, broken chairs and stuff. And I saw this baby carriage, and I was like, holy fuck. Holy fuck. I was like, Rob, get over here right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Rob, look at this. And he was very, he's very, like... There's a lot of trepidation in him. He was like, well, make sure, you know, does it even roll? Like, that looks really old. And right. I'm like, dude, I, I, and I was like, look, it rolls. And I was like, <laughs> I was like trying to prove to him, like, this is the thing. And he was like, he was like, you know, it's really big. And, and you know, he for sure is right. I drive a Honda Fit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, that's not going to fit my car. And I was like, I don't care. I want, like, this is it. This is, I've never felt so excited about anything in my life. This is it. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm, I don't care if I have to buy a new car to own this thing. I'm taking it. And it was $100. And then we turned the tag over and we're like, oh, it's, oh my gosh, it's on sale for like 75 Holy shit. <laughs> I'm, definitely, I'm definitely taking this, Rob. You're not stopping me. And I walked up to the register and they were like, okay, $30, please. And I was like, what? (laughs) I just bought a vintage working carriage for 30 bucks. Like has great suspension, isn't damaged majorly, $30. Um, I can't believe they even owned it. It, It's a, it's, it was the creepiest thing in their shop. It's It's a Christian run. 
thrift shop and they had this creepy character. I was like, how do you guys even have this? <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's so and, perfect. Um, later on, I went in there and told those girls like, Hey, we turned that into a business. And they were like, Oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. And they, <laughs> they were thrilled when they heard what we were doing with it. Oh, cool. And that we were selling skulls out. Very nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I strolled that thing, you know, the one corner to our studio and was just like, the biggest smile on my face. Um, and then, and then I looked, I was like, ah, you know, gotta repair it. Gotta, gotta fix it. Gotta build it signs. And then everything just kept coming together. Like I found the right wood to build the signs I wanted. I stumbled across a great font to buy. And then I, I like I had to edit the font. Like I had to manually edit the spacing and the font for some reason. Mm -hmm. They didn't do it well, but but I knew how to do that. Like I had the computer skills for that. Um, I went to Home Depot and bought like random hardware to assemble things to keep things up and running. Um, I was just so thrilled, and I was like, "This is it. This is gonna work." Um, I had happened to have a spandex skeleton suit. Don't ask me why. Um, <laughs> like it, it was one of those things where like, I was just in, in Halloween town with my roommate. I was like, there's a skeleton suit. I want it. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'll, I already own a skeleton suit. So that's good. I already own a top hat. Cause I, I used to wear um, that top hat for my solo shows at hyena gallery. Mm. Um, so everything just came into place. I already owned skeleton gloves. Um, <laughs> it was just magic. It was magic. And also my roommate was really supportive. My roommate's a dark artist as well. Uh, Siobhan Radke. Oh, cool. So yeah, she's the greatest. So her artwork's amazing. And she was totally on board with this. She's like, holy shit, this is awesome. And so the three of us were just really stoked about this project. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, it's a side pro, it's a fun October thing, you know. I'll I'll go ahead and waste my money and like just have some fun and cheer people up. And um, so I get out, I get out there, or no, before I mention that, the first time I put the whole carriage together, it had the sign, it had the creepy fabric draping on it. It was full of skulls because I did like, I wanted to do a test run, mm -hmm. see how everything. I cried. I, I had for the first time in a lot of years, I felt alive. I had I been, blame I'd you. been sick of, for <laughs> so long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but I, I mean, it's all together. My hard work, all those hot, sweaty days in the warehouse. <sighs> It's you just, know, like it's perfect. That's why I'm like looking at while, while you're talking at all your pictures on your Instagram, and it's just like it's so, it's so perfect. It's just perfect. It's perfect. It, it's it's like I'm so. I wouldn't do this myself just because I'm too lazy. I think to to go out and, and too fat to wear a skeleton <laughs> suit. But but um. But I would yeah. if you know I, if I was the right if I was the right person to do that I would do it. It's like I'm so I'm just it's such it's it's perfect. It's per it's perfect. Yeah. And I 
like I had just finally recovered from chronic fatigue syndrome, which mm. is the only, the only reason I could even do all of this. I finally had energy again. I finally felt like a normal middle-aged person. I was like, Oh, like I feel like a human, like this is what humans feel like. Great. Right. I can do things. And I wanted to make up for lost time. And I had been so miserable and sick for so many years and so lonely because I was sick and people, you know, there's good people out there, but a lot of people don't want to be friends with sick people. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to, they don't want to deal with it. Um, so this was like my moment and like having it all together, seeing it all, I, just, I was overwhelmed and I didn't know at my age that like my heart could still swell up mm-hmm. like in joy. And I like, I was like overwhelmed with that feeling. Cause I didn't, I thought that at a certain age, you just kind of lose certain feelings cause you're accustomed to everything you're desensitized right but in this moment i was like i can't believe i did that i was so proud of myself and i was so in love with the scullery Mm -hmm. i was so in love with this thing that you know we had created and um i was running behind because it was like it was so much work casting up skulls drilling skulls sanding sign whatever that by the time the scullery was ready it was uh october 29th uh when i did the the run rehearsal i was like it's it's october 29th i i guess i'm opening for one day great um but you know what i'm gonna rock it and i went out on the 30th in the 80 degree weather (laughs) (laughs) october 30th it was 80 degrees i remember because i was there um (laughs) And I just, I went and I fucking set up outside of Spirit Halloween, like you do. I mean, it's not like they're not doing the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) They're setting up in someone else's company. Um, Right. So I stood out there. Great stuff. Kitcraft used to be there. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. now. I know. I heard that. Such a bummer. Such a hit for miniature artists. What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I stood out there and um, Rob played like the dancing skeleton song on repeat. Oh, and perfect. Um, people were so miserable. So, like, this was like the height of people being upset about COVID. No, everyone was cooped up, but now they had to go back to work. So right. it was like, it was that point where like, we're cooped up, but we also have to go back to our jobs now. So both things suck. And they were seeing the cars stuck in traffic on Ventura Boulevard, looking really miserable. And then they turn to their right. And here's the skeleton doing the Charleston bees knees, flapping jaw. And they would just bust out laughing. And it's like, <laughs> you could see these people change from like miserable people stuck in hot traffic to like, Oh my God, what the fuck is happening over there? Like, what is that skeleton doing? Um, and it, it, I think it may be like one of the best days of my life. The amount of smiles I got, like I just, I made so many people smile that day that I was like, it was worth it. Every, like every band that I spent on this project, every drop of sweat, every cut, every bruise, every late night, um, 
all the fucking customer service calls I had to make for legal form. It was all worth it because of all those smiles. I, I felt reconnected to people again, even though they didn't know who I was. I was a skeleton. They didn't, like it wasn't even me. It was Spooky Jack. Right. And it, I felt just oh my gosh, I just felt elated. And um, I think Rob was a little disappointed about like the money factor, and I was like, I like I don't care. I don't care if I sell a single thing today. I've made a thousand people smile, a smile while sitting in traffic. I don't, I feel on top of the world. And um, like some people actually stopped and bought stuff. It was great. A lot of my friends came out to like Stephanie came out. Um, a lot of art friends came out. It was just amazing people. But I didn't realize it was also like a Friday and people were at work. I didn't even think. I didn't have days of the week at that point. It was lockdown. Right. right. And I was, and I, I was working every day at the, sh- at the shop to get this done. So I didn't even realize it was a Friday and that, that means people, you know, have jobs. Right. Um, so, so at some point someone to the scullery and they're like, hi, the internet sent me here. And I was like, what? Like, how do you know about like, I've literally been open for two hours. How do you know about me? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I saw your stuff online. I was like, how? Like, I, I've been open two hours. And he bought a full-size skull. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, some, like, some internet stranger just bought a full-time skull. That's amazing. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was just going to be friends coming out and be nice, which would be awesome. I love my friends. Like, they're so sweet um but like you know just kind of that like a natural purchase like a it right. was so it just blew and and the fact that he would spend that much money i i think it was like 75 dollars at the time i was like whoa he just like came to a random skeleton and bought a skull from him like wow <laughs> and like he would have gone to any skeleton but he came to me and <laughs> and so i i felt on top of the world i was like so happy um i think i made like 150 bucks which i was stoked i was like i don't like that's great awesome like Someone came by and bought a bottle of teeth. I feel great. Um, <laughs> we, packed, we packed everything up, uh, drove home. I got out of my sweaty skeleton suit. And I and um, the next day was Halloween. And I was like, cool. Like, let's go do fun stuff for Halloween. But then uh, I wake up Halloween morning and my phone is blowing up. And I'm like, what? Like, nobody ever contacts me. What's this? Uh, and <laughs> I was like, there was just like all these messages like, hey, are you open today? Like, I was working yesterday or I was a, I, I was at a wedding. Can you like, re-? I was like, whoa. And I was like, oh, I don't I don't think I'm opening. Um, but like those messages just kept coming. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I really want to have Halloween. And then some guy wrote me uh I, there's no way I could have said no to this. He wrote me and he said, can you please open up the scullery? There's a girl I really want to take on a date and I want to take her to the scullery as the date. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I can't can't say no. That's incredible that I've been open for a day and someone wants to take a date 
to the scullery. Like that's that's the highlight of their date is like check out this thing. Yeah. Check out spooky. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, I I got back in the sweaty skeleton suit. <laughs> <laughs> I got back out there. It was even hotter that day. It was 82 degrees on Halloween that day. Um, and then just a horde of people showed up because they weren't at work. Um, and I think in those two days, I made a grand. <laughs> so many little things because so many people showed up just to buy little things just because they thought it was a cool concept. Right. Um, and I was like, I was like, wow, this is cool. Like all this hard work for this project, it paid off. What a fun time. And then the messages just didn't stop. I just, people are just like, when are you going to reopen? Do you sell online? Do you have a website? How can I buy this thing? Did you sell that one? Can I have it? And, and I was like, oh, this is the thing now. Um, <laughs> I, I have to be like responsible now. Um, so it just... It just continued. And then for some reason, um, you know, people like you, people like Jeremy Cross, um, Mortis Viventi, um, the, the people uh, at Midsummer Screen, they, I, they found out about me somehow and loved the, loved the idea. Um, the, uh, David Marklin, who does Midsummer Scream, he, when he first wrote me, he wrote like, he wrote to like my personal Facebook. So I'm like, how does he even know who Spooky Jack is? Like, right. as a skeleton, like, how do you know? Um, <laughs> but he was like, hey, do you want to bend at Heritage Square? And I, and like, I did that. It was really great. And I, and when I went to go meet David, I was like, hey, David, like, how did you find out about? And I was like, I, I, I want to like, um, but he said something akin to like, oh, I just saw pictures and I thought it was the coolest idea. Um, and, and then from there, wait, I wait, realized. How, how did he, how did he find out that it was you? Cause that part was garbled. Oh, uh, I have no idea. Like he, uh, uh. he said something akin to, uh, I saw a photo of the carriage and I thought it was a great idea. So he and just thought he, that was he, you? he like tracked me down. From oh, there. wow. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't know how it worked out. Um, he couldn't explain. He couldn't remember how he found out about okay, me. Okay. Um, but I mean, the art community is small. Like we, yeah. all, we all know each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, you know, like enough big name artists and nice company, like enough people were nice enough to um, like throw me a bone and like shout out. And it just kept growing um and it just became this wonderful thing that now consumes my life um that's a good thing though right i sleep next to a pile of this is a yeah, good thing this yeah is a good it, thing. It, it's it is i i mean i'm working too much um but i i love it and um i realized i realized that if you open an email with Greetings. I'm a professional skeleton man. Like people will give you anything. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, that's actually when I introduced myself to Mortis Venti. I, I wrote them. And I was like, greetings. I'm a professional skeleton man. Would you consider selling your patches in my cart? And I will 
pay pay for them wholesale and I'll promote you and you can leave cards with me so I can pass out your cards. And they're just like, oh, whoa, like, yeah. And, and they've been super kind to me ever since. Um, they've, they've really reached out to kind of like be uh, personal with me and like greet me in person. And, and the owner left Hall A at Midsummer, walked all the way to Hall C just to see my cart, um, bought a bunch of skulls, asked me if I wanted to go on tour with them as their mascot. Wow. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, like just the nicest guy. Um, and I was just like blown away because when I, like I've always lived in California and when I think of people with notoriety or people who are successful, you don't associate that with kindness and right. um, like people being down to earth. Like people get inflated egos a lot, mm. uh, especially with like the Instagram craze and the social media craze. But he couldn't have been nicer super down-to-earth guy even though he's like swarmed with business and has a whole crew working for him um and that just kept happening like for some reason like the scullery um it it seems to be attracting really nice people not not just like it's not so much that it's gaining attention. It's that nice people are noticing. I totally, I know exactly. I mean, this is, this is what's happened with the dark art society too. Plus like fans of my work. It's like, it's, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. It's like, they're all really nice people, good people. You know, it's like hard to explain. It doesn't seem possible. Yeah, but it's it, true. I've always been kind of one of those floaters between uh, circles. Like, um, mm-hmm. so I, I've been a part of a lot of different groups of friends. But what I've noticed is dark artists are like some of the nicest people you'll meet, and they're they're stand up people. They will stand up for what's right. Yep. Um, they won't play the popularity game. Like they they will. They will protect themselves. They'll protect others. They'll support people that aren't doing well. Right. Um, they'll support people that they love. Um, uh, it, it's just so many wonderful artists. Like uh, Stephanie Vega has kept in touch with me the entire lockdown, and like she does, she doesn't need to. Like, right. she, like she's she's Stephanie Vega. Like <laughs> she, she's incredible. She is just this like. Yeah, she is. Incredible uh, person, incredible artist. I don't deserve her uh, friendship. <laughs> she like, She's out of my league as a human being, but she has just like brought me groceries and plants, wow. and uh, we've swapped clothing. Um, just super sweet. Same with all the other... Jeremy Cross has always had my back. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Sapp. I like... Yeah. I used to be, I used to be Chris Sapp's like little fanboy when I was like twenty. I used to like save up gas money and drive out to like Santa Ana to see his new work, uh, <laughs> and that's how he's like, "Oh, you've been here, you've been to my shows before." I'm like, "Yeah, I go to all your shows," you know, like uh-huh. <laughs> ridiculous because I just was so in love with his artwork. Um, and then just Burbank is full of great, great people like Clint Carney and Cat oh, yeah. Philbin. Yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't met a group of nicer people. I know. And it's like, it's like, 
it's rare to find, you know, usually, I don't know. It seems like more regular groups of people, there's a higher percentage of assholes. It's like very rare to find an asshole in the dark art scene. It's usually when they get exposed, then they get drummed out immediately. (laughs) So it's like every, I mean, I feel like we're all very protective as well of, of this thing we have. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to let assholes wreck it. That's how I feel anyway, you know? Like uh, the special effects industry has a lot of, problematic people oh yeah yeah it's it's different than the dark art scene yeah they do not protect anyone because like they're often dependent on this painter or that sculptor in order to get something Mm -hmm. out so they will they look the other way until they can't look the other way anymore and then they try to save face it's hugely problematic um i like i've left out um, because my ex is in that industry, if we were walking around Monster Palooza, he'd be like, don't say hi to that person. Don't talk to that guy. You right, know, like he, right. he very much protected me. So I had an advantage that a lot of, a lot of people and especially a lot of women going into special effects didn't have. Like I, I had this like kind of guardian angel guiding right. me like, like, Hey, I know that guy gave you his business card because he says he wants business, but he probably wants foot photos. Uh, don't talk to yeah, him. I, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. There's a few feet in that industry. Um, but yeah, uh, and it also uh, it it also just like gave Monster Palooza a different pr- perspective for me. Right, because then I could actually see how much work people are putting into these props, and um, there was a there was a moment where I I saw this great mask company, and I was like like I just went up I was like how are you the owner? I'm like yeah, and I was like your work is amazing. Do you need an extra painter? And they were like oh like I and like Rob was just like he was like wow I'm really proud of you like you just went up and introduced yourself and you just had the confidence to like, Hey, do you, can you give me a job? Like, and I didn't even think about it. I was like, Oh, would people not do that? <laughs> Cause, Cause I've always just kind of been brazen and shameless. And when I want something, I just ask, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm very used to rejection so I can, I'm very good at just being like, Hey, would it be cool with this? Oh no. Okay. I'll fuck off. You know, like I, I'm fine mm-hmm. with, Projection. And then also, um, I was a severely insecure person most of my life. A lot of insecurities. Um, me as a person, I never felt confident in myself. Uh, but for some reason, I just, I just feel confident in art. I just feel like. If I want to sell skulls out of a car, I can do it. If right. I like, I'm like I, I don't exactly know the same. I just like, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> I just totally. And I don't know why I believe in my art. My, my art isn't especially great. It's not masterful. I'm, you know, like I'm not even trying to aspire to be like Emil Melmoth or like any of these other great sculptors. I'm just doing my own thing and that's fine. Like I'm okay being like in the middle. Like I sell well, 
but like I'm never gonna be like on a high level with a lot of my peers and that's totally fine like I'm happy to be I'm happy to be in the middle like I'm I've worked really hard to get to the middle um but for I just yeah yeah you have that because you 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 know you just decide to live off your art like what what made you feel that you could just do it well I mean it's like I have like it's this. It's been. I feel it's felt like this intrinsic thing ever since I was a kid. It's like I always felt. I always believed in the art, you know. That's why I. I mm. It's funny you talking about the scullery. Like, oh well, what about my other stuff? You know, everyone's responding, but they're not. You know, I'm not getting the same love. But it's like, you know, I I've been through that. I was. I wanted. You know, I've tried for ten years to start a band that I, I believed in, as much as my painting career and it's like i i still think the music was great people liked it um but it just did not click with people you know and i listen Mm -hmm. to it now and it's like these songs are really good but it didn't click timing was off whatever there was some it just wasn't clicking i tried to do Mm -hmm. computer animation uh and you know and i did some a lot of cool stuff but i never I never made it to where I could make enough money off of it to do it professionally. And I totally was into that. I was so into it. And, um, you know, I've curated shows that just didn't take off for whatever reason that I thought were good. And, um, and then uh, you got conjoined and, and then what you got, you, you opened conjoined and also like your, your artwork is like so well known at this point. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, this is, that's, there was a point where I was like, okay, fuck everything. (laughs) I'm just going to paint. You know, I've, I was, it's like I, I got into makeup effects young, like right out of high school. I was practicing in high school, very driven. And, um, and I was able to get a job. And then I worked constantly since I was out of high school in makeup effects. And, um, and then I got to that burnout stage where I was like, this isn't really the, fulfilling anymore i've i've reached the goal and then i wanted mm-hmm. to do, then i was trying to do music and then the computer stuff and blah 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 and then i finally got to a point where it's like i'm just you know painting i want to be a fine artist you know that was that i think is what i'm supposed to be doing and if 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 i can do it and it works and i get those signs that means that just proves that i am supposed to be doing it that's my path that i i'm supposed to be on so then i started painting and then you know it's a lot of hard hard work 15 20 years or whatever and and it's worked but um <clears throat> but uh so i guess my point being was that all of the other things i was doing were just as much from my heart as the painting and it's like some yeah. you got to find the thing you're supposed to be doing. You like to do a lot of different things, but just to yeah. find just to find the thing is amazing. And it's like you know the scullery is the thing. It's like you could still do everything and still have art shows and have a career. But it's like when you when you when you finally find something that just like clicks like that. That's it. Really is like a magical thing. It's it's like you're tapping in. There's something magical has happened in that process. And it's like, it's like a magical art thing happened. You know, you had this vision and it's, like I said, it's perfect. It's not lacking in any way. It's just absolutely a perfect, like a piece of art. When I see, see you standing there in that costume with that baby carriage, with those skulls, it's like, that's perfect. 
It's perfect. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so perfect. You think like, how has someone not done this before? You know, no. maybe just because it's such a crazy thing to, that you wouldn't, people wouldn't think to do it. But it's like, it's, those are the really, really good ideas are the ones that you go, this has to have been done before. But it's like, nobody's done that. Nobody's done. It. And so it's like, anyway, point being, uh, throughout all of those different things, I always believed in the art I was doing. So I, I, and I don't know where the belief came from. I need, my mom was always really supportive. So I always figured maybe it was that, but it kind of feels like this just genetic thing, <laughs> you know, where I believe in the artwork somehow. And, and I was able to do all the things you said, like not get over my shyness and, uh, go do really uncomfortable things and go to a gallery by myself where I don't know anybody and just go there to see a show and try and make connections and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, uh, so I don't know. It feels like just kind of part of who I am. Um, yeah. But anyway, and I, and I love like the, the title, like now, now, like when I meet people and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a professional skeleton man. Yeah. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, I get to, I get to bring that joy to them and show them pictures. And also, um, it's like, <laughs> sometimes, of me and the parents are trying to like cater the like hey, wait, wait, wait. it's okay he's wait. friendly hold on wait and, wait, uh, wait wait you bo- you you broke up again and say that over i, I didn't catch that <laughs> um, some sometimes little children look scared of me and okay. their their parents try to kind of like usher them to me and like oh it's okay honey he's a friendly skeleton and um i'll i'll like do a little jiggle with my jaw to like make myself look funny and then I'll squat down and I'll pull out trick or treats for them um like little toys and stuff cuz the the scullery trick or treats any day it's out it doesn't have to be halloween that's so cool <laughs> um so if anyone if anyone ever needs a trick or treat I they're in my pockets you can come visit me um I have them tucked in little corners of the scullery as well, in case I run out in my pockets. <laughs> um, a, fu- a funny thing you you reminded me of regarding art and music. Um, I, I went to see a couple bands play at like a very small venue, and like my like a friend had randomly invited me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll go." Like, you know, that seems cool. Um, and there's this really amazing band on stage. Like, holy shit. I was just like blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what they are doing. Like, and there was there was this bass player, and his hair was in his face the whole show. And I was like, holy shit, that bass player is amazing. And then at one point, um, the singer was like rubbing the nipple of the bass player. And <laughs> I was like, is that Jeremy Shot having his nipple rubbed? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole, the whole rest of the show was like, is that Jeremy under that hair? But I couldn't see. It was just hair. It could be any guy with long hair. Right. And then at the end of the, at the, end of the set, they're all done. The next band's going to come on. Flips the hair up. And I'm like, Jeremy. And I point at him. And I was like, it was you getting your nipple rubbed. <laughs> <laughs> And I had like I had no idea Jeremy was in this amazing band. Like I like I only know him as like 
you know, working the dark art emporium and, and making that magical thing happen. Right. I had no idea he also was to Oh my. Such a cool moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I knew he played bass. So, I think I, I. He's got like he did all kinds of things. He used to do. He used to do like video work or something. Didn't he do a bunch of different jobs before? He was like in this. He like toured with his band, and he and I thought he did like editing and made videos or something. I don't know. It's rad. <laughs> uh, he's uh, had a life. What's that? He's had he's had a life. For yes, sure. definitely, definitely. Uh, another great dude from the dark art scene. You know, it's like they're all amazing. Everyone's so cool. So so many. Dude, when when lockdown hit, um, every day for three months, me and my roommate would just make dark art in the living room, and th- it was just one of the coolest times of my life. Right. And it and it was great because like I finally had, uh, I used to, I used to live with an artist. My best friend is an amazing artist. We lived together for eight years in like six different apartments. We always lived together. Um, and he actually had an art degree so I could steal his knowledge without paying 40 grand. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so I learned a lot of color theory from him and, and stuff like that. But yeah, the, me and Siobhan just every, every day for like months, we would trade ideas back and forth this is and what you, talk about. Yeah. This is what you do as a kid yeah. with your best friend when you're a little kid. And we would talk about gross books. Like we would share gross books with each other and, um, <laughs> We would listen to crime podcasts while we paint, um, and it was just one of the best times of my life. I can't think of like it's such a perfect environment, like to have a household where you're with another dark artist who's both like very mature, very kind, very um, talented, just you know, like the whole package of a human being, and you get to live with them, and you you get the opportunity to like help create art together it was just yeah. amazing yeah that's a real blessing it's a real great uh circumstance she, to be in she moved in i think a month before lockdown too. wow so really left out yeah <laughs> kind of perfect so so uh how how long um wow we're almost at two hours so uh, we, we gotta uh wrap things up a bit but uh, but um how uh, how often are you doing scullery now? Is this be- is this turning into like your full time one job? Out of instead of having, you think you're going to be able to not have three jobs and just do scullery? Well, um, so I I I phone interviewed with Six Flags and that was a big no. Uh, they because <laughs> cause they wanted they were like, we'll pay you $16 an hour to work with fiberglass. And I was like, no, like that's right. itchy and not enough. <laughs> no way. Am I going to be itchy for $16 an hour? No um, way. And, and like drive to Valencia or wherever it is. But, um, I, I had an interview. I've had a couple interviews with big companies, but yesterday was my dream job interview that I've been fighting two years to get. And Rob has been fighting to help me get 
um, like even after we broke up, he was like, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get you that job. Someday I'm gonna get you that job. I don't care. I'm gonna keep fighting for you." Um, <laughs> the nicest guy. Um, and yesterday, I finally had an interview with them after two years of sending them my portfolio, and it would finally be like an art job, and it looks promising to the point where if I got that job, I would both not need to work on monsters for the scary closet but also i would it would be a conflict of interest so i would have to quit the scary closet Ah, okay Um, well i would have to ask them but there potentially it could be a conflict of interest but they were definitely like the scullery is awesome keep the scullery for sure um you gotta to keep the scullery yeah if anyone tells you not to keep the scullery fuck them you don't want to work for them i don't care how good a job it is (laughs) I have, I need the onesie. Um, but so many so many people are trying to buy from me online that it's actually hard. It's getting harder and harder to open up physically because people online want me to ship to whatever state they're in. Um, and then I don't have stock for a physical opening. But something I'm doing is I bought a bunch of extra wood and I'm going to make a mini scullery um, so that... Because the main issue is I'm on a second floor with stairs so i need two people to carry the cart down Ah. um if i don't have two people how am i going to work and i am stuck at a desk saturday and sunday but i do have an hour lunch break so the plan is i'm i'm building a basically like a cigarette tray the ones that like kind of strap to your back Mm -hmm. i'm gonna build that um I'm calling it uh, Spooky Jack's Mini Scullery so that <laughs> I just like an hour on a Saturday. I can just be like, hey, I'm outside. Come get me before I melt. Like, get, you know, come visit, come trick or treat, you know. Um, and I'll just be out. I live right next to Ventura Boulevard. So it's easy enough to be kind of local to people. Um, so that's my plan to adapt to not have having full stock all the time, like getting too many purchases okay. online and also not, not having a second set of hands to help me carry down a giant carriage and then set it up. So, Wow. Well, it sounds like, yeah, uh, this, these are all good problems to have though. You know, <laughs> it's like if you can't handle the work, that means that, you, you know, this, this could be really big. Mm. This could be really big. I'm telling you, I know it. Yeah, I know it. I just, I, I want to keep making people happy. I would like to pay off the debt. I know. As well, I, know, I, know like, I, I get it. I get it. I get. Yeah, I get. Yeah. I, I just keep making people smile and. and I, I get that. I, I get that. I get that. But but I'm also you know I'm like a dad and a grandpa. You know, so it's like I I'm, I'm at that age where I'm like. Look now, you know, uh, you got to think of your future, but it more, more like, and having started this business, it's like the more successful your business is, the more great and the more people you can make happy with this and the more, and the, and the more fun it will be and the more focus it can have. And so anyway, I'll talk to you after we're done recording. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to help you somehow. I, I, I just think, I just am so into this 
Oh, thank you. Know, you know, just hearing hearing the response from other people because I didn't realize it was that big of a thing. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm like kind of in my own bubble, and it's like you telling me this. It's like, okay, I'm not crazy. This is like super, totally fucking amazing. So, it, I had no idea because it was like just my weird. I know, yeah. And usually people are into my weird fun shit. Nobody has pockets full of teeth or <laughs> unicycles around town. You know, I was so surprised about this. Yeah, but that's, it's just, it's so great. I'm so, I'm, I'm really, I'm so happy you're doing it. I think it's so cool. So, so how, uh, I'll put all, all of your info in the, in the body of the text, but just for people listening, where can they see all of your work and where can they see Spooky Jack and where can they see the scullery and, um, I think I think if you just hashtag uh, Spooky Jack, I'll pop up because nobody else is Spooky Jack. It's me. Um, <laughs> like there, there is like a like a, a a robot blank account that says Spooky Jack, but I'm Skeleton Spooky Jack. And if you hashtag Spooky Jack or you hashtag the Scullery, um, I'm pretty easy to find because it's kind of a unique set of names. Well, if people, you know, I. I I know from at least this our listenership. If they don't know about it already, I know they're going to freak out. They're going to love it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was uh, awesome. Yeah, so well, it was great to talk to you and hear your story and hear about the scullery and hear about everything. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Yeah, I've been listening to your story all week. Uh, it's it's <laughs> nice. A nice comforting presence in my living room while oh, I work. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate it. Well, um you you might remember that at the end of the show we have to say goodbye to the audience. So I you have to say oh. I mean, I don't know if you ever make it to the end, but if you do, I always go goodbye audience and then I tell you to say goodbye audience. So goodbye audience. Okay. Well, goodbye audience. Bye, audience. Okay. <laughs>